Welcome into the Focused on Fenway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Focused on Fenway. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. I covered the Red Sox for the Ocuway Report. I studied journalism at Auburn University, where I also served as the co-sports director for the student-run radio station Weagle 91.1 FM. I just got back from New York, where I got to see the Red Sox play the Yankees on Friday night. Uh, we'll talk about that in depth, as well as the rest of the series, and we'll just get right into it. So, I left on Wednesday. I met up with my good friend Jordan at the LaGuardia Airport. Then we headed into where we were staying in Lower Manhattan. Very, very good trip. Um, I love New York, despite being a diehard Red Sox fan. I do not discount anything from the city that never sleeps. It is one of my favorite vacation spots, a place that I always try to go whenever I have the chance. And I think anyone listening to this as my advice, you go to New York if you haven't been. It is so much fun, so much to do. I bet you can hear just about any language imaginable in New York, and I love that. I love areas where, you know, there's true diversity. And that's what New York is, I feel like, really all about, is that there are people from all over the world, any type of food, just anything you can imagine is there. And that's what I love about it. But getting into it, the Red Sox ended up being swept by the Rays. It was pretty unfortunate. Game three was on Wednesday night. The Rays won 4-1. to one. Josh Winkowski was on the mound for Boston. He pitched six innings, excuse me, allowed three runs, struck out five, and walked two. Shane McClanahan was on the mound for Tampa Bay. He pitched 6.1 innings, allowed one run, struck out six, and walked no one. G-Man Choi got scoring started in the bottom of the third inning as he singled to bring home Josh Lowe and put the raise up 1-0. Harold Ramirez also singled the shallow right in the um, bottom of the third driving in Yandy Diaz to put the Rays up 2-0. In the bottom of the fourth inning, Taylor Walls hit a solo shot to right field to extend the Rays' lead to three. Christian Vasquez grounded into a double play in the top of the fifth inning to score Xander Bogarts for Boston's only run. And Yandy Diaz hit a single to right field in the bottom of the seventh inning, which scored Josh Lowe and put the Rays up 4-1. So definitely not great, but... The game on Thursday was even more disappointing. The Rays took this one 5-4 to finish off the sweep. Cutter Crawford started for Boston. He pitched six innings, allowed three runs, six hits, no walks, and recorded six strikeouts. Drew Rasmussen started for the Rays. He pitched six innings, gave up three runs, four hits, one walk, and recorded five strikeouts. Raphael Devers got scoring started in the top of the fourth inning for um, Boston with a homer to put the Sox up 1-0. Jaron Duran scored on a wild pitch in the top of the sixth inning to put, up, put, to put Boston up 2-0. Xander Bogarts also doubled to bring home J.D. Martinez in the top of the sixth inning to give Boston a 3-0 lead. And then in the bottom of the seventh, Tampa Bay just took complete control. Josh Lowe hit a double to score Jonathan Arenado. Taylor Walls singled to left field to bring in Christian Bethencourt and Josh Lowe. And Yandy Diaz singled to right center to score Taylor Walls and Luke Rayleigh. 
when the Sox finally recorded the third out in the bottom of the seventh inning. Tampa Bay was up 5-3. to three. However, our man Alex Verdugo refused to let Boston go down quietly as he doubled to deep right field in the top of the ninth inning to score Xander Bogarts. And unfortunately, Boston was unable to get Verdugo home to tie the game and force at least an extra half inning. And, you know, that's going to do it for that quick recap of the Rays series. And when we come back, we're going to be preview or breaking down the whole series against the Yankees. Are you a fan of mixed martial arts? If so, I have the place for you. Brawl Talk MMA is one of the best places to go for interviews with fighters, fight predictions, recaps, and so much more. Brawl Talk MMA is run by my good friend, Will Miller, and let me tell you, he is one of the best in the business. You can follow Brawl Talk on Instagram at Brawl Talk MMA and subscribe on YouTube. Let Will know I sent you. He and I would both greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Focused on Fenway. Now we are going to talk about the series in the Bronx that ended earlier today, and it definitely could have gone better. Now, before we talk about the actual game of Game 1, I kind of just want to talk about my experience going to Yankee Stadium as a Red Sox fan. Because I'm going to be honest, it was nothing that like I expected it would be. I put out an episode on Wednesday called, Is Yankee Stadium Safe for Red Sox Fans? And the answer is yes. If you are a Red Sox fan and want to go see them play at Yankee Stadium, it is safe. You can wear your gear. You can cheer for the Red Sox. Just don't be a butthole. And maybe my experience is different because everyone sitting around me was very, very nice. I'm sure that's not the case everywhere. But just be mindful. Don't be rude. Don't start anything. And you should be okay. So me and my friend Jordan, we left our hotel in Lower Manhattan. We took New York's um, MTA subway. We took the four line up to the Bronx. That's an express train. That's another thing. Be careful if you ever go to New York. There are local trains and express trains. Do not mix them up. Or you could intend to go like four or five blocks and end up going 20. So just be very, very mindful of that. So we took the four line up to the Bronx, got off at the 161st Street Yankee Stadium stop. And, you know, the, the stop is very close to the stadium, maybe a 30-second walk. And my advice, if you're going to a game at Yankee Stadium, get there early. Uh, very, very crowded. We got there. The game started at 7.05. We got there about 5.50, and there were already a ton of people outside the stadium. So, even if you're not the type to normally get to a game early, if, you, if you're the type of person that just likes to kind of walk in as the game's starting, that's fine. I would still recommend getting there about 630, because it will take a while to get in. There's so many people lined up, and they don't have many security lines. So, just something to be mindful of. Um, walking around the stadium, my impressions of it were, I'm not really a fan of that kind of new old style of when something's intended to look older than it is or when it's built in an old style but um like still looks fresh I guess like a lot of people are a sucker for that I'm really not just don't make something something it's not that's like if Ford came out with a new version of the Model T I don't think it'd be a very big hit unless you were a classic car collector I kind of feel the same way about them making new Yankee Stadium look like just a new version of old Yankee Stadium. Just do something different. That's all I ask on that. 
the food selections were great. Um, there were, if you're just a basic hot dog or chicken tenders person, they've got you covered there. Um, I had a steak sandwich that was very good. And every MLB park I go to, I have to get a hot dog. So I tried Yankee Stadium's hot dog. And I'm going to put it at fifth place of all the MLB ballpark hot dogs I've had. The winner is unbiasedly Boston, the Fenway Frank. There's nothing like it anywhere. Second place is the Truist Park Dog. Third place, the Bush Stadium Dog. Fourth place, the Nationals Park Dog. And fifth place is the Yankee Stadium Dog. I'm not going to talk about hot dogs for too much longer. If you want me to do a complete ranking of all the MLB ballpark hot dogs I've had, maybe we can do that as our kind of random part of the show one day. So yeah, plenty of food options. Great place to watch game. Very nice stadium. Just because I'm, I'm not a fan of the style doesn't mean it's not nice. It's first class. It, it really is. Don't waste time going to Monument Garden. There's a very long line. And if you're not a Yankees fan, they just kind of rub it in your face about the 27 rings that you know most of those were won before anyone listening to this was born. So just don't really, don't waste your time on that is all I'll say. So getting into game one, this game was great. It is it is my favorite regular season Major League Baseball game that I've ever been at. The Red Sox win this one 5-4. Nathan Ovaldi was the starter for the Sox. He pitched 4.1 innings, allowed 3 runs, 6 hits, 2 walks, and struck out 4. Jordan Montgomery pitched 6 innings, allowed 3 runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, and struck out 4. Raphael Devers started the series off strong with a 2-run shot to center field in the bottom of the first inning. That scored him and Rob Refsnyder. The Yankees went up 3-0 in the bottom of the third off a of Giancarlo Stanton homer. That also brought in DJ LeMahieu and Anthony Rizzo. Christian Vasquez tied game right back up in the top of the fourth inning with a solo shot to left field. Bobby Dahlbeck put Boston up 4-3 with another solo shot to left field in the top of the seventh inning. And watching that ball sail over the wall is one of my favorite moments I've had as a Red Sox fan. I know just a, a home run in a regular season game might not seem that important, but it shut Yankees fans up. And anything that can shut a Yankees fan up is just music to my ears. So I really enjoyed that home run. Isaiah Keener Felifa grounded into a fielder's choice that allowed Glaber Torres to score. There was a throwing error by Red Sox pitcher Tanner Hawk that caused all of that to happen. Xander Bogarts, oh, um, so that tied the game up in the bottom of the ninth inning. It sent it to extras. And then in the top of the 11th, Xander Bogarts scored on a wild pitch to put Boston up 5-4. And Ryan Brazier came in in the bottom of the 11th inning to nail down his first save of the season and the Red Sox win. Unfortunately, this was the only Red Sox win in this series. Uh, I'm not really even going to talk about the others at all. Game two, the Yankees win 14-1. Game three, the Yankees win 13-2. And the Red Sox in the first half of the season with a 48-45 record and are fourth in the AL East. Definitely not where I was hoping the Red Sox would be at the All-Star break um, or where I wanted them to be at the All-Star break. So I really hope they can turn it around and finish the year out strong. I still believe that all three American League wildcard slots will go to an American League East team. 
So if I'm right, the Red Sox will still be a playoff team. But I want them to have a chance in the playoffs. I don't want them to be a first-round exit. So hopefully being that first wild-card slot, that gives them the best chance, in my opinion, of advancing to the, to the divisional. But we'll just have to see. And about this series, my biggest takeaway from it, I'm glad I was at Game 1. If I was at Game 2 or Game 3, I would have been very, very miserable, and my experience with the Yankees fans might not have been the same. So that's all I really have to say about that. And when we get back, we're going to have a quick Red Sox history lesson before I sign off for tonight. Stay right here. Heading to a game at Fenway? Be sure to stop outside of Gate C and pick up a copy of the Way Report. There are plenty of great articles, some written by your favorite podcast host, Daniel Locke, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on the best Red Sox program in town. Welcome back into Focused on Fenway. We are going to close out this episode with a Red Sox history lesson. In honor of my first trip to Yankee Stadium, we are going to talk about the Red Sox' first trip to both old and new Yankee Stadium. The Red Sox' first trip to old Yankee Stadium was on April 8, 1923, the 100-year anniversary of that will also be, uh, or it will be next year. I really hope the MLB takes notice of that and the Red Sox play the Yankees that day. Uh, unfortunately, the Red Sox lost 4-1, to but more importantly, this game included many great legends such as Babe Ruth, Howard Imk, and Bob Musell, and the Red Sox' first trip to New Yankee Stadium. This one's much happier, trust me. The Red Sox win 6-4, to and this was on May 4, 2009, on Star Wars Day. Uh, you love to see it. I'm sure that was a great moment, and I wish I could have been there, but I don't think I would trade my first memory as a Red Sox fan at Yankee Stadium for anything. And that is going to do it for tonight. I'll speak with you after the All-Star break. Have a great rest of your night, and go Sox! Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll speak with you soon.